Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today, we have Chris Rosini, our co-host. Chris, welcome to the program. Happy Friday, Dr. Paul. Great to be with you. Very good. This is the day we concentrate to some degree on economic policy. But I always argued uh, with those people interviewing me during the debates that one week we'll talk about the economy and the next week we're going to talk about foreign policy. And I never could separate the two because, you know, wars cost money and it affects the, you know, affects the markets and all of that. But anyway, it is true on Fridays we tend to talk more, you know, about economic policy. It's also the time that we remind our viewers uh, to try to take care of their personal affairs and make sure that they're paying attention to gold but i don't think that's anything new for our viewers to hear because i would assume most have heard us talk about sound money it's hard to talk about sound money without talking about gold so we we do that and that's why we have a partnership with birch gold group and uh, they are involved in trying to get people positioned for bad times ahead <clears throat> now right now I don't think there are many people who disagree with that. You know, even a Democrat once said, things look tough around. So, you know, people are starting to realize it. It's in the news. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, there's a lot of fudging. There's a lot of uh, distortion. Uh, there's, there's, there's a lot of, uh, you know, faking. Some people call it lying to hide what is actually going uh, and what's actually doing in, in the marketplace. And we'll talk a little bit about that. But uh, I want to mention one, one thing that, uh, you know, there's some misconceptions sometimes about inflation because most people don't know, well, they assume that the final definition of, uh, of inflation is prices going up. We have too much inflation, too much inflation, but they don't say where it comes from. And uh, they don't emphasize that, and we do. We emphasize uh, the Federal Reserve and the money creators and credit creators and, and all the uh, mischief adds fuel to the fire. And uh, this is the reason we talk about gold and that we work with uh, Birch Gold. And, uh, and if, uh, if viewers have not already done it, I would uh, advise they take a look at the uh, text number on the screen. Uh, it's uh, text RON989898. And you can get in touch <coughs> with Birch Gold, who will send you materials on how to invest and what's going on in the gold market. So if you would like to do that, there's no charge to this. And that again, once again, it's a text RON989898, and they will send you some materials. And we will continue to talk about gold <coughs> and why it's important. You know, <coughs> excuse me. You know, they, uh, the definition of inflation is, of course, very important because we stick to uh, more of the uh, uh, Austrian thesis that it's increased by uh, inflation comes, inflation, price inflation comes from the fact that the value of the dollar goes down. Basic, that's the basic concept. But there's a lot of people who still say, oh, it's profiteering. People are making profits. They're making too much money. All the inflation comes from profits. And then others say, oh, no, it's labor unions. It's labor union and labor costs. Labor costs are going up and it affects prices. You know, those are just half-truths. They're not the causes. that They're talking about what antagonizes and, and uh, probably causes more problems with some of the price levels. They, they do go up. But uh, if we concentrate on that, they will. <coughs> and, and this is what the, the progressives... <coughs> 
and liberals have done for years is they will concentrate on uh, business people and uh, say they're, they're the cause of it, so therefore we have to regulate prices. Same way with, uh, with labor. Uh, oh, the, the, the labor unions demand more money. They're trying to catch up with the prices going up, so it's back and forth. But uh, labor costs in a free market, if you had sound money, would not automatically go up and cause, cause inflation. That is not the cause. <coughs> inflation is the devaluation of the currency. The dollar becomes less, and you need more dollars to buy groceries. And it's no more complicated than that. If you drift from that, there will be distortions and there will be things that add to it. Some people say, Ben, I've, I've heard some good, uh, uh, you know, libertarian free market people say, you know, uh, and they'll, they'll point blank and say, well, deficits have nothing to do with it. They, that isn't it. In, in a way, that's true. But it's, I modify that by saying, no, debt in itself doesn't cause the inflation unless you have fiat money, unless you have a system where you can endlessly spend and if uh, nobody will loan the money legitimately to the government, what they do is they, uh, th then they have the Federal Reserve print the money. And uh, so deficits are a key instrument that, that puts pressure on the money authorities, but the, it, that isn't uh, the cause. Many times over the years in dealing with the Federal Reserve Board Chairman, I would bring this subject up, and they were all consistent in saying, they threw all the blame back to Congress. Well, our job is tough, and what you point out is right, but it's the Congress that's running up this debt, and it's used as, a, uh, as, a, as an excuse. Of course, the other way you could look at that is maybe the Congress spends the money because they know the Fed is there. They created the Fed, and the Fed is there to cover their mistakes of spending too much money. But uh, the Federal Reserve's official position is uh, the deficits are really the main cause. But it's a whole system. It's a system of fiat money, a system of economic planning, and uh, all the mischief that goes on and the problems that we have today that causes the trouble, but it boils down to the suffering that the people have when they go shopping groceries. There's a big difference between somebody who goes to the store and buys things uh, on a routine basis and they have to deal with a budget. And that means the average person running a household <clears throat> are very much aware of uh, how much inflation there is. If you're very wealthy and you never go into a store, <clears throat> that's, that's, that's different. They're not worried about it. But nevertheless, uh, Chris, I think it's very important that we do our best to get that message out where the, where the, uh, uh, the problems are and why gold is important and why it's good for people to get in contact if they're looking for more information for a company like Birch Gold. So this is, uh, this is our position, but today uh, we'll talk a little bit about, uh, uh, you, you know, uh, uh, Peter Schiff, because he's been into this, uh, <clears throat> this argument for a long time, and he's written some stuff which he's written before, but he's had some th things recently uh, trying to show how the distortions are and how they distort and lie statistics in order to convince them, oh, things are okay, mm -hmm. you know, there's this problem over here. But uh, he points out some of the things that, which we'll, we'll get into uh, dur during the program. But uh, Chris, uh, welcome again to the program. 
Thank you, Dr. Paul. Yes, we'll start with the term Bidenomics, which should make everyone cringe when they hear it. And not just bias, this isn't a partisan thing. Reaganomics, the whole thing, great, uh, great society, new deal, fair, fair deal, square deal, it goes all the way back. It's government intervention. Um, and the truth is there are economic laws, period, and they can't be broken. And all these nomics, Bidenomics, Reaganomics, assumes the government is outside of this. They are outside and above these economic laws. And they come up with these special formulas to make the economy great. They have charts and graphs and experts that, that are all over the media explaining why this government intervention is so good. You know, they think it's like a machine, the economy. They turn a few screws here and flip a few switches there and, and presto. And wouldn't you know that things have never been better. Bidenomics, it's never been better, you know? So, I mean, it, it's all comical uh, once you see what's going on. Uh, and, and in truth, you don't need the government to explain or the media to explain to you your economic situation. You have your own bills. You have your own expenses, your own uh, income. That's all you really need. You, can, you have your own eyes and ears. You can see what's going on. But they're there to basically tell you that all your senses are wrong. You know, if there's a problem, it's you. It's not them because everything they're doing is great. And, you know, we're a long way from this. But, you know, how the government should uh, deal with the economy is to stay out of it. That's the only thing that they should do. Do not interfere. Uh, if people use force, if they use fraud, then the government steps in and you punish those people. But that is not going to happen. And not only do politicians not want that, but the people don't want that, too. The people want the government interfere. So that's what they're going to do. And that keeps us in business because we can come on on Fridays and explain why all their interferences are only going to make things worse and not do what they claim. But that's really, uh, you know, the only solution to all these Bidenomics is to just get government out of the economy. That sounds like a good idea. You know, uh, Peter has frequently over the years talked about the uh, unemployment or employment statistics and the reports coming out and there'll be anticipation for two or three days and one hour before and now we're going to have it where there are more jobs or less jobs or whatever. So he looked into that because uh, sometimes uh, there's, there's some tricks they play. And he found out that, uh, you know, what happens so often is that there'll, there'll be a report and they say, well, uh, things, are, things are okay, but they're not doing super, and we're going to have so many new jobs. And then all of a sudden the report comes out and it was a lot more, 50% more, or double, all of a sudden, wow. So when the first report comes out, they're prepared for a really bad thing. And then, uh, then the next thing is, it was super good. And, uh, and then about a week or two or a month later, then they have revisions. And uh, this is not because they make mistakes. Their whole system is a big mistake. But they don't make mistakes on these statistics. It's all planned to get people off balance and, uh, and, and try to handle the markets because no, not everybody hears about the revisions. But eventually the markets are very powerful and will tell you if the economy is getting weaker. Right now they have these statistics to show that uh, things, things are going uh, pretty well. Uh, the employment rate is, is up high. Uh, but uh, what, what P Peter has done, he points out that there's a lot of jobs that a lot of people getting second and third, third jobs. And they add those in and they replace full-time jobs. Then all of a sudden, well, 
people don't want to have a second and third job just to survive and be counted in a positive way and the full-time jobs are disappearing and 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 this is this is all part of the system of uh, of uh, governments uh, basically being dependent on lying and fibbing and and regulating you, you know all all these events but this uh, but I think what Peter does he points out very clearly that you should be careful with these statistics because uh, especially I don't know how the uh, uh, how the f short term traders do this I think they know what's going on I think the traders who end up being able to sort this out they know it they know maybe there may be a false run and they know they better be in and out quick but that's just not real uh, you know investing in the sense of what are you going to do to invest and have a nest egg for your family for retirement or send your kids to school so it's quite a bit different and uh, th this uh, falsehood but they do this uh, casually, you know, it's no big deal, it's their job, and uh, otherwise there'd be, a, there'd be a rough landing, it'd be a tough landing, there'd be a crash landing of the economy, which will come. Because the longer they can prolong things, uh, the, the worse the crash will be. Today there was a report out about how bad we had the worst year in upteen years of houses, especially the second, uh, second day of sale of houses was down dramatically in this past year. And that is, that is never recorded uh, you know, in these statistics. There has to be less people uh, you know, working uh, they don't get new jobs. They're working harder if they have two or three jobs. So there's, uh, and I think this helps explain one thing <clears throat> why we hear the lies of the Federal Reserve, the federal government, and Bidenomics, and why people don't buy it. You know, and I'm, I'm, I always marvel over the fact that when people wake up, and they just don't buy into this stuff anymore. And, you know, when they come out and say, do you know that 80% of the American people don't really believe their government? Well, that's progress. I mean, you can't correct it if you don't even think there's a problem. And uh, so that, that goes on constantly. And how many lies were told? And now people are conceding the whole COVID epidemic fear-mongering. It was all based on lies. And, uh, and yet... They're, yes, they've settled down, people have calmed down a little bit, but there's also known plans for the next one because they'll, they'll, drum, you know, they'll, they'll come up with another scheme to frighten the people. So they need, they need to do this and manipulate, but the healthy thing that's going on is people asking questions, even in foreign policy. The American people have woke up sooner on Ukraine because it took like Vietnam and Korea and the other like, years in the Middle East. Oh, we shouldn't be there. We shouldn't be there. So now the American people, the taxpayers say, why are we sending all this over $100 billion to fight Russia and Ukraine, which was a lost fight anyway at the beginning and much more complex than you read about in the media. So uh, I, th I think I think there's, I, I have to search sometime for the positive, but one positive the people have to ask questions about their, their government 
And if they don't trust the government, the, the a job equally challenging will be, what are you going to replace it with? You just can't say, they're a bunch of bums and throw them all out. You better have a philosophy that will fill it. That was the magnificence of the founding fathers. They were sick and tired of taking all that guff from the British, but they had a plan. And it turned out historically to be one of the greatest plans ever. Chris. Yes, Dr. Paul. And yeah, with Peter Schiff and the jobs report, you know, whenever you hear jobs report, that's also <laughs> a central planning, you know, gimmick. Uh, it, it assumes that government is the source of jobs in the economy. They are not, at least not productive jobs. They can make you, uh, you know, dig a ditch and fill it in, but they can't uh, be productive because they don't operate on profit and loss. They don't operate with people voluntarily giving them money. They take the money from everybody. And that's a big difference. Like this show, we live on our donors. And if we do a good job, we get more donations. And that keeps us going. Government does it. They go take whatever they want. And then the jobs, so-called, that they create is all based on politics. It's based on votes. You know, they want to keep their jobs. So they'll spend money here and, you know, quote, unquote, create jobs here. But there's no... You know, that's, this is not an economy. This is all political stuff. Uh, when it comes to jobs, too, our human wants are unlimited. I could sit here all day long and just name all these lovely things that I would love to have and all these services that I would love to be performed and this and that. So the potential jobs are theoretically unlimited, too. You know, it's just limited by creativity, efficiency, profitability. And, you know, today we see a lot of fear out there. Uh, you know, there's always fear, but the, the one of the new ones is the oh, the AI and robots are going to take all the jobs. What is everybody going to do? You know, that's not true. Like I said, jobs are limited by people's wants. You have to satisfy people's wants, and wants are unlimited. So if AI replaces what you have as a job, it frees you up to satisfy another one. You know. Uh, like the horse and buggy, that's gone. Did those people just die on the spot? No, they had. They were freed up. You know, the automobile took care of it, and they were freed up to satisfy other wants. You know, and that's, you know, you could go through all the things that are now gone. Uh, you know, the people don't just die because their job is gone. They have to go satisfy other wants. Here's where the government becomes a problem. When you lose your job to AI or a robot, you have to easily be able to transition somewhere else to satisfy wants. And that's where the government, it gets in the way, it interferes, there are barriers to entry, there's licensing fees, there's minimum wage, there's the welfare state. They have all of these uh, potholes that are in your way and barriers for you to get another job. And again, this comes down to government has to get out of the way. So if AI takes your job, you go somewhere else, you get educated, and then you go satisfy someone else's wants. That's not how people want it to be. They want the government to interfere, and that's why there's a lot of pain when there's the transition. Very good. You know, the uh, part-time jobs and people having two and three jobs, that's part of the distortion. But there are jobs out there that are considered full-time, and uh, they, they add uh, to the workforce. And yet, when you look at it, uh, you, where, where are these jobs? Are they, uh, you know, in the old days in the first, uh, uh, you know, industrial revolution, we were making steel and, you know, doing all this production and great things were being built. But if you look around t today, it's hard to find 
something that is being built in a very positive manner. There's a lot of technology, but that uh, we haven't sorted that out yet on uh, how much of it will be great and how many employers it's going to be. But the jobs numbers are distorted by hiring people and putting them in government. The government's getting bigger. It's bureaucratic. You need more bureaucrats, so you hire more and more people. And so government employment still pretty good, and, and it's growing, and will continue to grow unless we do something about that. And the other thing is in health care. Well, that's good, wouldn't you say? Isn't that, <clears throat> isn't that good? We have more doctors and nurses taking care of people. Yeah, not necessarily. When I think of the tragic changes in medicine over COVID, there were a lot more people, they were laying people off and hiring people there, and the people who got promoted were the ones who went along with the scenario of, of uh, the lies that they were telling them about, about COVID. So, but healthcare uh, is also distorted by malinvestment because it's not market determined because it's government. So the government comes in with all, the government wants total control. It, I, I saw some of these ads on TV in the last year, begging and pleading everybody, get into Medicare and Medicaid because the benefits are gonna get better and better. And uh, a lot of people join. It sounded like a great idea. Uh, so the, uh, the healthcare industry is growing, but I don't think the quality of medicine uh, is necessarily growing when you have to add into the mistakes made if when you're dealing with COVID and dealing with the pharmaceutical industries and when you're dealing with all governments uh, are involved in hospitals one way or other, just like in education, a lot of malinvestment done in there. So that to me is <clears throat> just something people don't realize that uh, they, they, there are jobs out there, but the market wouldn't have created so many jobs as, uh, as they have now. <laughs> Who knows, we might end up with more homeschoolers than private schools if we didn't have all this government schooling that's supposed to make our nation great and free again. <laughs> Let's hope so. That would be a, a, a big positive. Dr. Paul, I'll finish up. Uh, by talking about uh, Fed's rescue op operations, and we have to put rescue into quotes when we talk about this. Uh, viewers of this show know the Fed that should not exist, but it does. And so we have to talk about what it does. And, uh, you know, when they talk about rescue, those who watch the financial news, oh, they're going to pivot, they're going to lower interest rates again, start printing money again. What that means is they want to keep an artificial high from wearing off. They don't want the bad investments to be liquidated. They want to just paper it over with more money. But as we see, papering over with more money is driving up prices. So that's why the Fed is now caught, because if they want to keep this artificial high going, there's going to be inflation on the other side of it. You know, and it, I, I always use this example. You know, imagine you're at a bar and you're, you're drinking at an artificial high and one of your friends, he's starting to have his hangover, and you're like, quick, 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 get him more drinks. The hangover is starting. Well, that's not rescuing your friend. That's putting him on a bad path, because if you keep pumping him full of drinks, he could die with alcohol poisoning. And, you know, you're not going to keep an artificial situation perpetual. And that's what they try to do with the economy by printing money. You know, ultimately, the hangover is going to hit. And since it's been so long, since we've had a hangover and they've, 
distorted things so much, it's going to be bad. And it's too late. We're, there's nothing we can do about it now other than dealing with it rationally when it, when it happens. So that's what is ahead of us. That's what it's ahead for the Fed. They're going to have a big PR problem someday. And, uh, you know, that's a good thing. Very good. <clears throat> I want to uh, quote a little bit from an article written by Simon Black, who's uh, also known as the Sovereign Man and also a friend of liberty and a, and a clear understander of, uh, of Austrian free market economics. But he's sounding the alarm. It's not like nobody else has ever done it. But he does it with clarity and he's done it often and he's emphasizing and there are some numbers now that become more scary all the time because he's put some dates to it now on what's ha what's happening first he starts off by saying that uh there, there there's a coming debt uh, increase according to our uh, congressional budget office of 20 trillion dollars it's built into the system automatic increases which uh they're admitting to and the one thing I would say, <clears throat> they're, they're, they're going to err on, the, you know, being underestimating. There's just a lot, automatic $20 trillion of, uh, of debt coming into the system. But he, he emphasizes uh, the issue of 19, uh, 2033, uh, that, uh, that at that time, uh, the, the, that date is when we no longer will have any cash in the uh, Social Security system. So right now, Social Security is a so-called benefit because they don't have to use every penny with the cash flow, young people working and all, and how the costs go out. So they um, they ha have that they have that that to deal with. But they've done this, and uh, and that yet they're going to run out of cash. They've always had a kitty there that they could take money out, and that helped them with the so-called paper t t debt and, and the deficits going in. So what he's saying is that $20 trillion, which is automatically built into the system, is also going to meet up with the bankruptcy of the uh, Social Security system. And this, again, is going to add many, many trillions of dollars. And there's this prediction, you know, <coughs> uh, Simon emphasizes the 2033, which if we make it that far, it's, it's going to be bad. But I sort of think that... Uh, Nothing prevents it from coming sooner because they, we can't control expenditures. We can't control the price inflation levels. We can't control, you know, how many wars we'll be in. There's so many variables. But if it was just clean arithmetic, it's bad news that uh, the budget is uh, automatically going to go up and then it's going to collide with the, uh, uh, the, the point in 2033 where there's no more money to tide us over in our budget by taking it away from the, the so-called fund. You know, the fund that's holding our Social Security number, money and make sure everybody's taken care of at their old age. So that is another one. So those problems are there. And I, the only thing I can see that's going to help is an entire change in an attitude about the role of government. Government can't be uh, involved in, uh, you know, the details of all education throughout the states. They can't be in charge of the medical system. We can't be in charge of our empire around the world. We can't allow the, the uh, medical industry to be controlled by the pharmaceutical industries. We can't let the military industrial complex run the show. And uh, we're on a collision course. I don't think, quite frankly, 
that if we don't change quickly, and some people believe there will be changes after the election, that we have to have significant changes, you know, prior to uh, to that time, because uh, it it uh, it's it's unpredictable. But it will come, and it won't be easy. So even if the individuals in there and determine, it's you know, cutting back is not very popular. But when the, when the market cuts it back and you lose uh, purchasing power or you lose your job, you can blame somebody else. But if Congress comes along and says, well, we cave in, and the Democrats say, oh, yeah, yeah those Republicans, those few Republicans who have argued, they're, they're right, we have to cut, we have to cut, we have to bring our troops home, we're changing our foreign policy. Tell you what, it's, it, would, it wouldn't be easy. But the argument to answer that if you did the right thing, yes, it would cause some problem. But compared to the problems that we're going to have if we don't straighten out this mess and change our attitude about perpetually expanding the size and scope of government and giving up on the initiative to, to understand why the government's purpose should be to protect liberty and understand liberty instead of running the biggest fiat monetary system in the history of mankind, maybe it should be in charge of... Uh, uh, teaching people what sound money is all about and, and reference uh, maybe even the founders who had some strong ideas about money. And I'm also convinced that if, if people understand what's coming and they uh, will tolerate more on what has to be done, but if they are but if they are fibbed to, like statistics and all this, and why we have to be in the Middle East and you're still in Iraq and still in Syria, all this stuff, if they don't hear the truth, all this is going to be is more distortion. But if they hear the truth, they might be able to accept the ideas of, you know, tighten our belts. That's what you have to do if somebody is very sick and needs a serious operation. They know they have to go through something and it could be painful. You have to have this operation. The society is a little bit more difficult and the people don't want pain and suffering. They want a free lunch and that will have to change. And you say, well, why do it if it's going to cause some problems and the people are going to be upset? Because what is coming would be a lot worse. Freedom is an answer to a lot of our problems. People have to be convinced that the founders were on the correct path, that uh, having a constitutional republic is far superior than having what we have today. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.